We all knew that BYU joining the Big 12 Conference is going to be a struggle. Was it going to be this much of a struggle? And should BYU be given more of a benefit of the doubt when it comes to program building than we are giving them currently? We're talking about that and also a big pickup for BYU basketball in Brooks Bar. All ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing well on this Tuesday. Just by way of introduction, once again, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. In particular, we cover BYU football and BYU basketball most heavily, but we got it all on this podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsors over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app now, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Your first purchase. It's a really, really cool feature. We'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's show progresses. All right. As I promised in the tease to open the show, I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking about over the past little bit, and that is that maybe I have been a little too harsh, and all of us have been a little too harsh on BYU right now. Now, what I mean by that is, BYU has suffered two very, very disappointing uh, setbacks in their losses to Texas and West Virginia. Frankly, and I, I don't retract this, they looked uh, downright pitiful against the West Virginia Mountaineers. They looked out of sorts. They didn't necessarily look completely motivated for that game for whatever reason. But my bigger point I'm trying to make today is, is maybe we are being a little too harsh on BYU and even themselves are being a little too harsh on now. I understand that Kalani Satake and his staff, they have a job to do. They are trying to win football games. They're in the business of winning football games. That is legitimately the whole reason why they're employed by Brigham Young University is to win football games. But my point today is we need maybe to back off a little bit and give BYU the benefit of being able to build up their roster to better compete in the Big 12 year in and year out. There's a very real possibility, let's face the fact right now, everybody, that BYU could go 5-7 and seven this season. They could be at one point in the season 5-2, and two, and it looked like it was an inevitability of when, not if, they were going to become bowl eligible. But the way things are shaking out right now, there's a very real possibility that if BYU does not win this game, against Iowa State on on a Saturday night, there's a very real possibility that BYU loses out and loses at home uh, a week from Saturday when Oklahoma comes in and obviously the week after that, Thanksgiving weekend, when BYU has to travel to Oklahoma State. Both of those opponents, speaking of the two Oklahoma schools, are both ranked currently. It seems like it's a, it's a pretty, really, uh, not really pretty, it's a very tough closing uh, slate of games for BYU because Iowa State, yeah, they may not be the most prolific offense out there, but they are bar none, one of the best, maybe the best defense top to bottom the BYU will have faced this year, maybe the top to bottom best defense in the Big 12 Conference. They are lights out on the defensive side of the football, and for a BYU football team that is offensively challenged, to say it kindly, that is not a recipe for success, it feels like, even if you're playing on your home turf at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, I say all of that to say this. 
I think BYU needs to be given a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of building up this roster. Yes, the transfer portal is in effect. Yes, BYU has been trying to recruit at a Power 5 level for the better part of two cycles now because they knew about joining the Big 12 two years ago. They have done all of that, but it's something that uh, Patrick Kinahan, uh, my radio compatriot on the KSL Sports Zone, mentions all the time, is that BYU has essentially a two-year lag time. They can recruit Big 12 talent, and they have done that the past two recruiting cycles, but the majority of BYU's recruits in those recruiting classes have gone on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So therefore, they have not even enrolled the most of them into the BYU football program, and those that have uh, did not opt to go on missions, and that's not that's their personal choice, but they're not getting the full complement of the talent I think that they anticipate having down the road. Does that mean that it's an excuse for BYU to go out and lose out this season? No, it is not. And I think the BYU, uh, listening to Kalani Sitake during his weekly uh, media availability, he made it very clear that the standard that he wants set for this football program is far above what they put out on the football field against West Virginia. He used terms like desire, want to. He used the term embarrassing when it came to their performance against West Virginia. He wants badly to get to bowl eligibility. They know that is it's a mark of uh, hey, we, we can hang in this conference to have a 500 or better record when it comes to their debut in the Big 12. But at the same time, I think a lot of us, and I'm including myself in this, I, I, I may be the most at fault with this, have gotten a little impatient with BYU in terms of the overall depth of the roster that BYU has. Now, they have had coaches like Aaron Roderick say that they have leveled up. He said this during the preseason. We have leveled up at every position on the offense. Well, if, if leveling up means you're going to perform at a near historically bad uh, level in terms of the rushing attack, I, I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast, so uh, those of you who are everydayers have probably already heard this, but our good friend BYU Statsman on Twitter, pointed out that BYU's tracking towards having a sub-1,000-yard rushing season as a team. The last time BYU as a football program went sub-1,000 yards rushing, they had 700 and some odd yards or whatever it was during the 1942 season. Yes, World War II was going on the last time BYU was this pitiful in their running game. And oh, by the way, they only played seven games that season. That's the concern that BYU's got to have is they need to get better talent and actually have it perform at the level you expect it to to have any hope it feels like to any large degree. Now, is that going to come easily? No, I don't think it's going to come easily because it's a dog-eat-dog world out there in recruiting. There's NIL in effect. As I mentioned, the transfer portal is to both your benefit and to your detriment in terms of losing guys that you don't want to lose and also maybe adding guys to replace there are so many different uh, factors when it comes to program building that BYU is trying to get through right now, not to mention the fact that BYU faces its own recruiting challenges simply due to the fact that it has an honor code that each student athlete has to live up to. It's not you just sign it and go do whatever you want to do. No, there are actual rules in place that if you go afoul of those rules, you will be punished and you will be essentially dismissed from the football program, if not the university outright. So, I, I'm, I'm wondering if we're being a little too harsh on Kalani Satake and his football program right now simply from the aspect that they are competing with a roster that is not flush with Alabama-type talent. It, now, if they had that type of talent in terms of the star ratings, that type of stuff, and they're performing the way that they're performing right now, by all means, criticize them because that, that's well below what they're capable of. Now, I also will say this. The guys they bought, brought in via the transfer portal, it's been a very hit or miss. It seems like a feast or famine with a lot of these guys. Kaylee Vtn seems like he's a miss. Uh, Isaiah Banya, I think he is a hit. I think that Eddie Heckard and Camden Garrett, without a doubt, are hits. But there have been other additions to the roster that have not necessarily 
impacted as much as you would want them to. Jackson Craven's a hit. So the transfer portal guys, BYU did get into the football program, have been a hit. Keaton Slovis has kind of been marginal at, at quarterback. I didn't necessarily expect him to blow the doors off of BYU, but you would have hoped he would have performed a little bit better uh, in a Cougar uniform. And who knows if he suits up again the rest of the season. It sounds like it's a very much week-by-week deal with him with that injury or the injuries that he's dealing with currently. So I... <laughs> I'm kind of going back and forth on this in my own head as I record this podcast, but I, I think that we have gotten a little too hasty in expecting maybe just a, a tad bit too much out of BYU. Yes, this is a BYU football program I thought was best suited of the four newcomers coming into the Big 12 Conference to compete at a Power 5 level. But even then, you're still taking a, a, a major leap in terms of leaping up to the Power 5 ranks, and that's the concern I have, is maybe BYU bit off a little bit more than it could chew. It got off to a hot start this season that belied a lot of the issues that the football program actually was facing, and maybe, just maybe, the back end of the schedule has exposed exactly who BYU is who we thought they were, maybe? Or maybe they've just been exposed overall and their flaws have been exacerbated and have absolutely been exploited by their opponents. I want your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, comment in the section below on YouTube if you're watching this. Tweet at us on social media. Drop us a note on Facebook or Instagram. You can find us locked on Cougars on all three of those major platforms. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch uh, on Twitter. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on this. Or email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. We'd love to hear from you guys and get your insight on what you think. Am, am I up in the night? Am I, am, I, am I coming off as too much of an apologist, even though a handful of you have sent me emails this week saying that I shouldn't be singling out players and coaches uh, when it comes to the performance BYU's had this season? Uh, I think those people who uh, sent me those uh, messages saying that I'm being way too harsh on BYU, I think y'all are a little bit too casual in your listenership of this podcast. And if you have listened for a long period of time, know that I am very ready to single out and call out individual players. That's just not my style. It's not my place to do that, but I felt like there was a breaking point for me against West Virginia, and yes, I did break my own rules. So, I want you guys' thoughts. Let us know what you think. I, I think there's a lot still to be determined for BYU. It would be great to see them go out there and um, beat Iowa State this weekend, find a way uh generate turnovers, cash in on those turnovers, win the football game, and get to bowl eligibility. I think it would be absolutely massive for the morale of this football program because losing out, uh, the, the BYU, like I said, very well could do. If you were to go from 5-2 and two and at one point four and one this season and end up the season 5-7, and seven, there's some major Kansas 2022 vibes. Maybe you might recall that Kansas got off to, I think it was a 5-0 start in 2022. Maybe it was 5-1 and and then lost out finishing 5-7 and that season or whatever it was. So uh, it's, maybe it maybe was 2021. I, I remember exactly which year it was, but it would not be a good feeling to have BYU essentially end the season on a major slide, but uh, they've got to fix a few things, maybe more than a few things, uh, to get to bowl eligibility this year. But at the same time, I think we do need to give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of being able to build up this roster a little more heavily as they move forward uh, into their Big 12 future. So let me know. Let me know. I, am I up in the night on that? I'd love to hear from you guys and let me know your guys' take on that. And obviously, uh, we can get back to this later in the week. Uh, maybe we can even ask uh, Connor Pay about it on tomorrow's podcast as well. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute. Let's talk a little bit about uh, BYU basketball recruiting. I-, I talked about BYU football recruiting here and building up this program. Well, the lifeblood of every college program is recruiting. BYU basketball had been on a fairly uh, bad run uh, in terms of converting on getting some of the top prospects they wanted in the 2024 recruiting class. We're going to talk about one of them they did land, that's Brooks Barr, and we'll talk about him coming up in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel, though. FanDuel's been with us uh, for many, many months now. The best part about FanDuel is they want to ha- let you guys have some 
fun and score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet amount. Think, think about that. It's a money line bet. You pick a winner, and if that wins, you get $150 if your team wins by betting with our friends at FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The best part is you can bet on every other sport out there, including college football, BYU, a pretty sizable uh, underdog at home. Uh, they're a home underdog this week against Iowa State, hoping to overcome that. So check out FanDuel.com to learn more now. You can check out all the different options they got for you guys. And once again, cash in on that $150 in bonus bets if your team wins with a single $5 money line bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started this NFL season with our friends at FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you. Excuse me, not thank you. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I promise I can speak English, folks. Uh, I, I, at least I hope I can. But um, uh, BYU basketball. I, I'm recording this podcast. I, I'm, I had a little bit of a, a work situation that's actually going to take me away for the evening when I typically record this podcast. I had plans to uh, watch BYU and Houston Christian play and then record the podcast after that game concluded. Uh, work uh, situation with radio necessitates I, uh, I'm going to have to alter that. So, uh Congratulations to BYU on the win. Oh, man. Awful loss. There's your reaction. I, I don't know as of recording of this podcast how it's going to go. I'm actually recording this in the afternoon in the lead-up uh, to that game. But I want to talk about BYU basketball here for a moment, and that is more in the line of BYU basketball recruiting. Uh, I had hammered them pretty hard on the fact that they hadn't been able to bring in guys like Brody Kozlowski, Malik Diallo, and Jackson Johnson in, in recent weeks. They were uh, four of the – there was like five guys in this 2024 recruiting class for BYU that were top uh, talents that BYU was in on, had BYU in their finalists. They did convert on Isaac Johnson out of Idaho. He is a fantastic forward prospect. I'm looking forward to seeing in a BYU uniform. He committed so long ago, though, I think a lot of BYU fans have kind of let that kind of wither away in in their memory banks. But he's a fantastic uh, basketball player. And the recent run of not getting Malik Diallo, Jackson Johnson, or Brody Kozlowski had a lot of Cougar fans soured on Mark Pope and his ability to recruit. Well, BYU got a pretty solid addition by converting on their fourth or maybe the fifth and final uh, member of the recruiting class that had BYU in their finalists, and that is Keller High School prospect, Keller, Texas High School prospect, Brooks Barr. He announced yesterday he's committed to BYU. He did the whole hat routine and actually faked out picking USC of all teams uh, and then tossed on a BYU cap and unzipped his jacket, had a BYU uh, shirt underneath it. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Brooks in a BYU uniform. Now, similar to the conversation we just had about BYU football, it's going to be a couple years before you see him. Uh, According to Robbie uh, McCombs of Vanquish the Foe, uh, Bard does have plans to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He did pick BYU or finalists of uh, Wake Forest, Utah, St. Mary's, and the aforementioned USC Trojans. Uh, but he is from Keller, Texas. He's rated as the eighth best prospect in the state of Texas. Six foot five, a combo guard. Uh, p- apparently, uh, can play both shooting and point guard, and that's a benefit. And the nice part is, as a kid from Texas, he's gonna have a great opportunity to go home to his home state and play basketball on a fairly regular basis with BYU being in the Big 12. Conference. Conference. I'm sure that was a draw for him. Him being a member of the LDS faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'm sure drew him to BYU as well. But 
it's good to see BYU not strike out uh, on this uh, cycle of, of high-level prospects, especially guys like Brooks Barr. Had they done that, Mark Pope would have had to face a lot of the uh, the negative attention of how in the world did you lose out on that many uh, prospects, a number of them members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and guys who are mission-bound in many respects. How in the world do you lose out on all of that? Well, he converts on this one, gets Brooks Barr in the program, and I think it's a pretty solid pickup for BYU. Uh, I was interested to uh, hear... Uh, that Robbie McCombs compared him to, in some ways of T.J. Hawes. Now, many of us know that T.J. Hawes kind of morphed his game during his time as a BYU Cougar and became uh, really a fondly remembered player, an absolute dead-eye shooter in big moments. You'd see T.J. pull up for three and just nail it. It was awesome to see what T.J. do what he did. And the best part about T.J. was he was the most unassuming, uh, killing, uh, the most unassuming-looking killer-type player I have ever seen. Because remember, T.J. got that red hair. He's balding a little bit. Not necessarily the the thickest frame, but just a slick ball player and an absolute competitor. Who will, who can ever forget uh, him yelling into the camera on ESPN at Portland, shut the F up. <laughs> Dying laughing when that happened. So, if, Rook, if Brooks Barr ever approaches the level of player that TJ Haas was for the BYU basketball program, I'd consider that a major win for the BYU basketball program. And once again, it's it's a solid pickup for Mark Pope because I think it'll get some of the detractors off his back a little bit here, thinking that he can't recruit high-level talent, can't get guys into the BYU basketball program uh, that are essentially BYU guys. And that I mentioned guys like Brody Kozlowski. Kid went to Corner Canyon High School. His mom works for BYU TV. Kristen Kozlowski, you see on BYU basketball broadcast. Yeah, that's his mom. The fact that they couldn't get that kid to Provo and if they had lost out on Brooks Barr, that would have made you think, okay, what in the world is going on here? But I think this 2024 recruiting cycle right now, you got a high-level guard and a three-star prospect in Brooks Barr who was actually rated in the top 150 in terms of overall college basketball prospects across the country. I think they said he's 132nd, if I recall correctly. And then Isaac Johnson, who is a very, very physical forward type. That's a good combo to have coming into BYU. Now, now, the other thing is, and uh, Robbie's pointed this out, and I also was going to make this point as well, is that Marcus Adams, obviously a four-star prospect in his own right, who joined BYU late in the recruiting process after transferring from Kansas and then making a stop at Gonzaga and then ultimately ending up at BYU, they have not heard, speaking of the BYU basketball program, back on his waiver of appeal to be eligible immediately this year. If that does not come through, and I would say that the odds of it coming through are 50-50 at best, well, you can consider him part of that 2024 recruiting class. Now, Marcus Adams is an absolute bucket getter, folks. Uh, Narbonne High School down there in the L.A. area is a high-level program. He played against some of the best talent in the greater Los Angeles, if not Southern California area, and even nationally. And the dude is a certified bucket getter. Now, if he's not eligible this year, you can essentially uh, put him in the 2024 class and say that's a pretty nice trio of guys to have be, to have in BYU's back pocket there in terms of their recruiting cycle. But then, oh, by the way, there's this guy named Colin Chandler who's coming home off of a mission, and uh, all things indicate that he's still planning on attending BYU. So there is talent in this BYU basketball program, but... It feels like Mark Pope. Yeah, he got a little bit of a bailout here with Brooks Barr uh, picking BYU in the end, but you'd like to see him convert on better prospects and do it at a higher clip than he did this past recruiting cycle. That'll be the big, I think, litmus test for BYU in basketball with regards to the Big 12 and their success there because you think BYU football in the Big 12 is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. B BYU in the Big 12 in basketball, it's like... Uh, 
Goliath eating Goliath. It's insane how talented this basketball conference is. And BYU faces a major uphill climb to be even competitive, it feels like. We'll see how they do this year, obviously, with the influx via the transfer portal, guys like Ali Khalifa, etc. But uh, going to be interesting to see how BYU handles things. So uh, there you go. Some thoughts on BYU basketball. Now, I have been talking about this. I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast. We are doing a giveaway for a pair of tickets to watch BYU and number 17 San Diego State on Friday night at the Marriott Center. If you would like to be entered to win those tickets, uh, please send us a documentation that you've left a five-star rating as well as a review of what you like about the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider out there that you happen to frequent and or use. Uh, uh, send us a screenshot of it to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com and you'll be entered to win a pair of tickets to go watch BYU and San Diego State play. It's a huge game, maybe the premier game of BYU's non-conference uh, slated games. Uh, and the way to enter, once again, is to ra- leave us a five-star rating and also just a, a comment or two of what you like about the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or if your other podcast provider you happen to use uh, allows it, do that as well. Send us documentation and we will get you in the uh, drawing uh, to win those tickets. We'll announce that winner on our I'll probably do it on our Thursday edition of the podcast. We'll just contact the winner by Thursday for sure so you guys can uh, make plans and get out to the Marriott Center on Friday night. All right. Uh, we will wrap up this edition of Locked on Cougars here in just a moment. I got a couple of notes on other BYU sports as well. Uh, BYU women's soccer learned their fate in the NCAA tournament, and it is a very positive uh, fate for BYU with a great opportunity for some payback. We'll talk about all that here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Game Time. Game Time's been working with us for a few months now. The best part is that Game Time wants to help you guys out no matter what event you want to go to. Sports, theater, comedy, uh, music, no matter what you're into, Game Time has got the tickets for you. They have flash deals, last-minute tickets with the best prices guaranteed. Uh, they have lowest price guarantees, event cancellation protection, and, and job loss protection even built in. And the best part is they uh, give you images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive to the venue, and you buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. The best part is all those tickets reside in the Game Time apps. You're not having to fumble through your email to find the, the barcodes for the tickets. It's all right there. It's all in one, and it's all inside the convenience of your smartphone or your smart device that you take to the event with you. So go to Game Time, download the app today, use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE after creating an account, and, and get $20 off your first purchase. Once again, go to Game Time, download the app. Uh, uh, terms apply, obviously, with this. Create an account. Redeem that code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes, one of our great local sponsors here on the podcast. And whether you're looking for your first home, you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, or literally anything in between those two extremes, Perry Homes has got a house for you. For over 50 years, Perry Homes is Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points, all designed with you, the consumer, in mind. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front. They also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George. So you got options. That's the best part. you got options of where you might want to live. They have got communities for you guys. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories at townhomes as well. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. So take advantage of it now, my friends, and visit perryhomesutah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, perryhomesutah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day, my friends. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday uh, whenever you hear this. Just a little bit of a teaser ahead. Uh, tomorrow on the podcast, Connor Pay, uh, BYU team captain, been joining us all season long. Uh, he is uh, promised that he is going to bring the fire. Uh, we'll see what that, that entails. Uh, looking forward to that. If you have questions for Connor, uh, I'd love to hear them. Uh, you can send them to us via social media, via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Once again, is the email address. Uh, if you've got questions for Connor, uh, both serious about the game, the West Virginia loss, how the team is uh, dealing with things right now, or just fun get-to-know-you stuff that we've been doing all season long as well with him. Uh, send them in now, and we'll use them on our Wednesday edition of the podcast with Connor as he joins us. All right, so a couple of notes before we go on today's show is congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood and the BYU Women's Soccer Program. They have earned a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. This is awesome to see for the Cougars. I'm excited to see them finally getting their just uh, due as uh, one of the premier programs out there in the country. It felt like at times in the West Coast Conference, BYU was among the nation's elite, but at times they would get uh, essentially underseeded because they're BYU and they were in the West Coast Conference, which is a mid-major conference, even though it had Santa Clara who'd won a national title and BYU made a run to the national title match uh, out of that conference. Well, BYU jumps into the Big 12 and makes an absolutely incredible run in their first year. They finished second ultimately both in the regular season as well as the uh, conference tournament. But they were rewarded due to their RPI, the strength of schedule they went up against this year, and their overall results. And they will host the entire way through uh, until they have to go to the national uh, part of it uh, as they will open up Friday night at Southfield, hosting none other than Utah State. Yes, the Aggies who beat BYU up in Logan actually handed BYU uh, their first loss of the year. It was a one nothing result. A crazy, crazy game. Uh, BYU will get a chance on their home turf this time at Southfield to exact some revenge on the Aggies. Uh, it seems like almost uh, was as meant to be, right? So, but looking forward to it. Uh, if BYU does win that match, they will advance to face the winner of Grand Canyon, a number 8 seed, Southern California. And then also in their pod out there includes number 5 seed, Michigan State, Ohio Ohio, Maine, and number four seed, Harvard. So uh, that's kind of what the early rounds would look like for BYU. But uh, first things first, got to take care of business against uh, Utah State. And once again, they did beat you earlier this year. So you've got to make sure you handle your business if you're BYU and don't allow them uh, to get any hope of getting a second straight victory over you. On And this time at Southfield, it would be even worse to lose that one at home. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front. But best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her squad. By the way, Jennifer Rockwood, Rockwood. 450 career wins. I know that BYU is not necessarily in the business of building statues and that type of stuff, but if Southfield at some point does not become like Jennifer Rockwood field at South Jennifer Rockwood turf at Southfield or Jennifer Rockwood stadium for BYU women's soccer. What are we doing here? We named a uh, uh, Lavelle Edwards stadium. It was Cougar stadium. We renamed it Lavelle Edwards stadium in honor of BYU's legendary football head coach. Well, Jennifer Rockwood is like the, the Lavelle Edwards of BYU soccer. She deserves this. I'd actually do it while she's still coaching at BYU. She is that good of a coach. She has been an incredible representative of Brigham Young university and all it stands for. And the best part is she's putting elite teams on the field every single season. And she, she's got a chance here, folks. If she wins a national title, this year, I think you can pretty much book it that she's a Hall of Famer and uh, uh, next year, the season opener, let's rename it 
uh, Jennifer Rockwood Field instead of Southfield or whatever, however you want to go about it, you got to do something to honor one of the living legends of BYU athletics. So there you go. That's uh, so all I've got for you guys on Tuesday. A little bit shorter of an edition of the podcast, but uh, nonetheless, thank you for bearing with me. Like I said, I'll have a more reaction uh, to BYU season opening basketball game coming up. We'll probably talk with Connor maybe on Wednesday and also for sure on Thursday leading up to BYU taking on San Diego State on Friday night. But fully expecting, uh, even though I'm recording this ahead of time, for BYU to handle uh, Houston Christian and uh, get to 1-0 on the year. But uh, looking forward to that and obviously being with you guys once again on tomorrow's edition of the podcast all the same. So thank you once again for being uh, being here with us. Thank you for be- making Lockdown Cougars your first listen to the day. And thank you all the time. We say it all the time. Thank you for being everydayers with us right here on the podcast. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday whenever you watch and or hear this. And, of course, we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.